The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? And welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today we radiate awakening with Lynn McKenzie, author of Bark Nay Meow, Awaken to the Transformative Wisdom of Your Companion Animal to Activate Your Soul's Highest Calling. Something near and dear to my heart. Welcome, Lynn. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. <laughs> I understand that you're in Arizona where it's really hot. Yes, hot and dry and burning up at the moment, sadly. But hopefully, we we're, they do have some rain in the forecast for tomorrow. So I'm praying it's rain and not just thunder, not just lightning without the rain, because that's how so many of the fires start. Oh, right, right. Well, we will pray for rain. I think that would be wonderful for you. So yes. you are an animal communicator, an animal intuitive. My goodness. How long have you been doing that work? I started this in the early 90s, so over 30 years now, and um, it's just kind of blossomed and changed and grown to what it is today, and now I, I mostly focus on teaching. I have students all over the world, and that's that's sort of what I've been doing. And so you you teach animal intuitive, animal intuition. Yeah, I have I have something called the Animal Energy Certification Training Program, and it's a combination of um, like animal intuition and a healing modality. Wonderful! The healing modality is it akin to Reiki? No, nothing like Reiki at all. It's it's really a it's it's um, it, it's a kinesiology system. And there was a lot of them many, many years ago of different healing systems that were kinesiology based. So it's basically like asking for the higher self permission of, of a being. It works for humans as well. And then um, working on working through a system, but it's all guided by that being's higher self. So, and it's, there's a, there's a whole protocol that I teach that it's it's my system that I put together from a variety of everything I'd learned over the years right oh wow that sounds exciting and so how did how did you even get started in animal intuition animal communication did you know (laughs) you had this gift it's kind of a funny story. You know, I, I was born loving animals. I always, always have, you know, had this huge affinity for animals. Um, you know, and I was born into a family where we didn't even have any animals for the longest time. And I begged for them. And, you know, initially they let me get little things like turtles, fish, a hamster. My sister had a budgie. Um, and then eventually, you know, they finally let us get a dog, <laughs> But um, so I was born, you know, having an affinity for it, for sure. And I I talk about this a little bit in my book because I feel like I was being groomed for what I was to do later. But then I went into the real world and went to college and got a job. And then I went into real estate and I had a successful real estate career for like 18 years. 
but I, I just felt like there was, although I, I enjoyed it, I felt like there was something more that I was here to do. So from there, I ended up, um, I ended up exploring different careers, you know, and I, I settled on doing training as a spiritual psychotherapist, which I went through about three years of training for that. And in that, I got so jazzed and excited about the energetic side of things, which I learned a lot about in there. And then I kept taking every training I could possibly find, any training known to man. Um, this is back in the early 90s. I did even did a little bit of training in the late 80s. So through all that, I ended up, you know, planning to work with people. And I was trying to get my practice working with people while I was still doing real estate. But then I heard about this other training, animal communication, which I hadn't even really been aware of at the time. And I took it. And I mean, my career just went like took off. Everybody who I was working with human on humans on the human side of things wanted me to work with their animals. Um, the Toronto Star, which is a huge newspaper, called me up and featured an article on me. And, and you know, just things just took off. I was on media, radio, TV, all over the place. And, you know, I guess the rest is history. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so when you first started using the animal intuition, were you, were you kind of surprised at what was coming up? Um, you know, I, like, I can't, in a way it felt normal to me, but here's the thing. When I went to my first training program, which was outside of the city, I drove maybe four hours away to, for a weekend away to do this training. And, you know, I met um, this horse. In, I met this, the, the energy of this horse. He wasn't physically at the training, although the training was at a horse farm. I met this horse through a photograph because, believe it or not, I had forgotten the picture of my dog, Jigs, that was like my, you know, animal companion you know he it was like he was like the animal love of my life and I forgot to bring his photograph and this was before you know cell phones with cameras and all that kind of thing so of course I didn't have a photo on me and we were supposed to trade our photos with someone in the class and read each other's animals and I didn't have my photos so the teacher gave me a stack of photos and I went through them and I came across I went through about 90 photos before I got to this one horse that was like jumping off the page and when I tuned into him it was like and I, I write about this story too because I call I now call him an ascended master of the equine realm it was like he it was like the biggest breakthrough it was like a fireworks or something when I tuned in with him and he let me know that he was a, a really important guy for me and that I could channel him at any time and I felt permanently altered. Like I drove home four hours and I don't even feel like my tires touched the ground. Oh my goodness. And he's still a part of all my trainings. He crossed over back in 2002, sadly, but um, he was, and I got to meet him in the flesh after I met him spiritually. Oh. And he did cross over in 2002, but he's still, uh, you know, he's still a part of all my trainings and, and, and is a guide for my students. Oh, wow. So he helps teach your students how to connect with the animal realm. Yeah, he, along with Jigs, my golden retriever, who was the dog that I was saying, I forgot my to bring the picture of Jigs. <laughs> yeah. Our animal companions really do want to help us in so many ways, don't they? Oh, my yes, goodness. they do. And, you know, for those of us that love them, I truly feel they are our paths to our greatest awakening, to our spiritual development, to our personal growth, to all of that. For the, you know, I'm not saying it's the only way in, but it's a huge way for animal lovers to awaken that way. Oh, it is, right. When we can connect with something outside of our, our own being and connect with them and welcome their essence into ours and truly understand and connect with them on that type of level. I, yes. I truly agree. You know, there's some s astonishing statistic about people in prisons that there's some high percentage of people in prison who had never had animals growing up. 
I don't doubt that at all. You know, we need to learn to connect with love, care for, have empathy for something smaller than yeah. us. They've brought uh, they've brought some um, like breaking of wild mustangs into prisons as well. I saw a movie on that that was pretty amazing, and it, the the what it did for those people who might have gone out and reoffended again. It seemed to like completely connect to them on a heart level and a and really just change them around so much because, as they say, the outside of a horse is good for the inside of a soul. You know, there's just such a such a um, a, a, just a different shift in the in the inmates when they've had this experience and and they get to have something positive and and affect another animal that's you know maybe scared or you know not trusting humans etc just like how they the horse is kind of a metaphor for who they are as well oh I love that you know in in my area here in the midwest there's a program for inmates to train dogs too Oh, great. In the foster system. And so they take in these dogs and, you know, they're trained in order to to train the dogs and work with socializing them and getting them ready to be adopted by a family. It's a wonderful program. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So the healing portion of it, the healing, I'm very interested in that. Um, So what, what type of things do you work with the animals on healing or actually the, the, I guess their owners, the people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I clearly the, the people are the ones who schedule the appointments, but <laughs> they're about the animals, but you know, it's so much, so much of the time they're about, about the people as much as the animals too, as I'm sure you can imagine. Oh yeah. So, you know, my practice has spanned such a huge number of years. So it's kind of transformed and evolved over time, but you know, anything really animal communication and, and and the healing can't, and I find they go really well together. You know, I, I mean, I always say to people, what's the point in communicating with them if you can't do anything, <laughs> you know, if you can't alter the issues that they have, so, so to speak. So, um, you know, anything from physical ailments, you know, obviously it's not a replacement for veterinary care, but it can be an amazing supportive. I've worked with many people and their vets. I've worked with many veterinarians over the years, um, behavioral situations, training things, you know, if people are showing animals like dogs or horses or that kind of thing, um, most of those people care very deeply about their animals and their animals' well-being. Some of these animals are worth, you know, over a million dollars. Some of the horses that are being shown, these people care very, very deeply about their animals. Uh, contrary to what, you know, even some people on the racetrack, you know, and I know that's a, a kind of an unsavory place, but there are people who have horses on the racetrack who love them and care for them and really want to make sure that their animals are happy as as a resource i mean because some animal just like us if someone said you have to be a ballerina all of a sudden you know if it's not in your in your wheelhouse you might hate it um but so any kind of behavioral issue training issue um you know just health and well-being um and and then things like you know the death and dying process crossing over i like somehow i did a lot of medical intuition things you know closer to the beginning i tended to my my specialty seemed to evolve as helping people through the death and dying process and connecting with them in the afterlife and then helping them you know helping the human um you know connect with them and and know that the love that we share with another being doesn't end with the ending of the physical, you know, and learning really about the cycle of life and death and rebirth and, and having a way to maybe understand it a little bit better, even as far as humans go. And, you know, many times when I'm connecting with an animal on the other side, they'll, they'll be humans around them, you know, and I'll be bringing in humans through that. So um, but, you know, the, the going back to the healing side, you know, rescue situations, like a lot of animals have just, they're, they're so um, messed up just because of what humans have done to them or how they've been neglected or whatever. So that kind of thing is very helpful. Um, you know, keep, a lot of people who are, who are, you know, riding their horses, they want a deeper relationship with that horse than just the, 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 you know, regular kind of 
relationship that most horse and rider might have, if there's such a thing as that. So it really, it runs the full gamut. I mean, if, if it's an issue, it can be dealt with through this healing system and that kind of thing. How did you discover that was in your wheelhouse? You know, it was really, I had taken so much training. Like I had literally learned every single thing I could learn. I just, you know, I was taking training in color therapy and essential oils and flower essences and educational kinesiology and all kinds of um, different modalities. The biggest one I I learned was uh, something called, the one that had probably the most influence on on my work is body alignment technique and vortex alignment. Those were, I took in the early 90s and they were way ahead of their time, I guess, I would say in, you know, for mainstream, that's for sure. And um, I took all these modalities. And then once I took the animal um, communication training and realized that I could start to apply all these modalities for humans to animals, it just, I, it, it really, I, I just was, it was like, it was like divine intervention. I was guided. I you know, my business took off when I went more in that direction, even though I'd been trying to make it work just to just to work straight strictly with people. Um, and it just kind of everything in my life made sense after that. You know, all of the you know, when I was younger, I used to ride horses um, as a young teen and I would ride two horses a day and I would ride out in trails and I jumped horses and showed horses and the whole bit. And I really feel like that, that my time with horses really helped me to open to the psychic intuitive side of things, because I believe horses teach us that, that horses are that, you know, um, not that dogs and cats aren't, but horses have their own way of communicating through a herd that is a little bit different than dogs and cats. And so it's kind of like, and I, I say this in, I think I say this in chapter one about my first horse, Jasmine, and, and, um, it's like I was being groomed. I realize now looking back that I was being groomed all along for this, even though I didn't even know that this career existed back then. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes the career finds you. Sometimes yeah. the reality finds you. And, uh, you know, what type of results do you find with, with the animals when you work with them? You know what? I find that animals don't have the stories attached to their energetic imbalances. So um, I find that, you know, especially when I first started working with animals, I would find that something that might take a human, you know, three one hour sessions, an animal could do in 10 minutes, you know, they, because we have all of the same blockages and balances and non-beneficial energies in our energy fields. But we tend to sometimes not want to let go of them, even if we think we do, because there's there's some payoff to having that story. And if that's gone, the story's gone with it. And then, then who are we and what do we have? Animals don't have that at all. So they clear and release. Um, they don't... Um, they don't hold grudges. You know what I mean? They don't want to get revenge. They don't have any of that sort of thing. Like a lot of people, if they're hurt, they don't want to forgive the other being animals are like in full surrender. They, they're forgiving no matter what anything happens, whatever happens to an animal that you can always bring them back around pretty much. So um, I've had animals that, you know, that they, that people came to me and their veterinarians had told them they had a, um, incurable disease, you know, different, different ones. And they have actually gone back with their animal like a couple of years later and the, the vets, you know, almost fell off his chair because he couldn't believe that the cat was still alive or, you know, he's like, this is impossible kind of thing. So I've had some, some, what I would call true miracles. And, and I want to just say for all the listeners that I truly believe I'm the conduit for this. I've just learned how to be the conduit for this. I don't credit the healing to me. I credit it to coming in from source energy and me just learning how to channel it and be the conduit for it. But I've had um, I've had animals that were like you know really really terrified or and and really um, uh, you know come from abusive situations turn into completely happy love bugs you know for their people 
I've had cats that were urinating inappropriately stop on a dime, um, which is a pretty nasty problem to have and, and a pretty tough one to figure out. You know, I don't guarantee that. I don't guarantee I can, I can, um, I, I once had everyone in Toronto calling me about that because everyone who had a cat that was urinating inappropriately because it was written in an article. Um, but, you know, I had a dog in a dog that was two years old that I write about in my book a little bit. I just touch on it briefly, but this dog had stopped eating and the dogs, people had a number of dogs. So they fed them in their crates because they had quite a few dogs. They lived on a farm. And they loved their dogs. They did, you know, they did agility and fly ball and that kind of thing with their dogs. And um, and they ran a boarding kennel for people and really excellent people. And their one dog wasn't eating, yet she was guarding the food in her crate so none of the other dogs would get it. Hmm. And being two, you know, she had gone to the vet, had some tests, and there was a couple numbers on her blood work that were a little bit out, but nothing conclusive. So then she was referred to the specialist at a teaching hospital, a university teaching hospital, and they did a bunch of tests. And finally, she said to them, you know, I'm calling my animal intuitive. And they kind of rolled their eyes being specialists and said, good luck with that one. I'm sure something to that effect. And, you know, I, ta I talked to the dog. Her name was Ocean. This is quite a few years ago. And the first thing out of Ocean's mouth is it's my duodenum. And I know some people say it differently than that, but that's how she said it to me. And that's how I understood it. Mm -hmm. And I told her person right away. Like, I mean, she kept saying it. And I kept, I was like, that's really specific. Like, usually they'll go, it's my liver or my digestive system, not something that's one in, you know, a million parts of the body. And I said, does this make sense to you, to her person? Because her person was a nurse. And she goes, it makes perfect sense because the stomach empties out right at the duodenum. And that's where, you know, um, that could be why she's not eating. So she went back armed with this information. And, you know, when they did an endoscopy, she had uh, bacteria in that exact area that is a bacteria that only humans get. Oh my! God. And she had to go on, but as soon as they found it, I mean, I'm not saying they wouldn't have found it because they're they're specialists. They would have gone. They would have done an endoscopy eventually, but um, it kind of she was adamant about it, and it's amazing that she was able to tell me something that specific out of the number of parts in a body that she could relay that, and it was instantaneous, and it was in a very meek, mild voice. And, you know, she went on to, um, she had to go on a diet of kangaroo, if you can believe it. I've heard of that, yeah. And, it's, and, and special medicine. And she went on to live a healthy, happy life. And she was only two when this started, you know. And she, if, she, if nothing had been done, she literally would have died. You know, she would have starved to death because she was going down to nothing, wasting away. Oh, poor baby. Yeah, so... I've seen so many things like people will say, you won't believe it. My horse, you know, did this or did that or didn't do this anymore that they want, you know, it's just like there have been some real miracles. That's for sure. That's amazing. Um, that what's, what strikes me is how this dog was able to get a bacteria known to humans. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's probably, you know, I told a vet once, I was talking to a vet about it, and they said, oh, and they named the actual, I did a podcast actually with a veterinarian who has, um, I forget her name right now off the top of my head, but she has this really cool movement that she's promoting with, you know, humans and animals and oneness and spirituality. And when I told her, she named the bacteria just like that because she's a veterinarian. I didn't hold that information in my head because it wasn't necessary. <laughs> Right. You know, you got lots of information in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that raises a question. Um, you know, our animals are so tuned into us, and we to them. Do you find some problems that are? I don't know, maybe our animals pick up from us. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, 100%. You know, I, I always tell all my students and all my clients that our animals are like sponges. 
and they absorb whatever's going on with us. And, you know, I, I've had people call me for sessions and their animals were really acting out. And then they'll go, well, we are getting a divorce, but we haven't told them yet. And I'm like, you don't have to tell them. They know exactly what's going on. You know, it's not like you can pull the wool over an animal's eyes. Um, so, you know, they are sponges for us. They are go they absorb what we are absorbing. If we're, if we're afraid, they're, they're picking up on that. You know, if we're feeling anxious, they, it makes them fearful. And, you know, if there's so many parts to how, what we do impacts the animals, you know, and even, even our own health, you know, our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health, even if we're, I mean, or I mean, everything, but even besides our physical situation, they work on it. Like if we've got a thyroid condition, our animals may develop one or they may try to work on that, you know? Right. So I have exercises that I teach people to do with their animals to help them try to alleviate you know, to clear out, I call it like squeezing the sponge, you know, like if you're wiping up enough water with your sponge, eventually you're going to have to squeeze it out so it can absorb more. And our animals take that role seriously they for do. with us, but we need to, you know, we need to clean the slate on a regular basis or else it builds up and it starts to work its way into the physical level and create some kind of an imbalance there, you know, so it works its way through the, um, like it starts at the outside of the energy field and works its way through the layers and the physical is, you know, the last. So if we can clear it out on a regular basis, we can, we can make their lives a lot more enjoyable. Oh, that's wonderful. Right. I was working with a client yesterday whose dog was having seizures and um, come to find out that this client is in grad school and medical school at the same time and taking all of these intense tests. And there's another dog in the home that was um, that's being messing indiscriminately. And she's got a lot on her shoulders. No wonder this little dog is having seizures. So, yeah, I, I think they, our animals will carry things for us and, you know, take on some of the stuff that we're, we're putting out there. And so you 100%. teach some, yeah, 100%, right? So you teach techniques to help people help themselves and their animals. Yes. Yes. And um, are these, these are techniques that you've developed, some exercises you've developed. Yeah, you know, in my, I have a whole healing system and it, it's fairly in depth and involved. And it, it works on so many levels. Like I always say that, although you're coming into the training, you know, to learn how to be an animal intuitive, an animal communicator and an animal healer, you're kind of coming in for personal growth, spiritual development development and changing your life around in such a way that you'll never be the same person when you come out the other side and in in doing there's a whole self-healing component to the training as well as because you know you have to be somewhat healed or you know mostly healed preferably to be able to help others in their situation you have to be clear and you know not attached to outcomes and and all of that to be the best to be the best healer you can be there needs to be like the vessel needs to be clear for that information to come through because if it's filtered through all kinds of filters it can kind of get a little sideways support for the radiate wellness podcast is made possible in part by listeners like you would you like to support this podcast Visit radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast for more information. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure you see remarkable results with people that you work with. Yeah, my students especially. Oh, my goodness. So how long is the program that you, that you offer? So it doesn't actually have a specific timeline, but the way, I, the way it's set up is um, you can do it probably in as little as five months, but hardly anybody does. It depends on where you're at when you come into the program. Most people, and, and you can stay in the program for a full two years. And, um, and that's with live coaching and Q&A calls twice a month, 
a forum where people have real amazing support and access to one another, um, you know, and, and myself so that they can get guidance and support through that process, because it is such an in-depth transformation in people that I don't like to rush people through it if they need the time. And many times people do, you know, I have people coming in like advanced healers coming in and they may be more familiar with a lot of the stuff, but I've also had people come in who, we're brand new to this. Um, I've had one woman came in and she had never even heard of chakras before, which, you know, it's hard to believe almost. Wow. And by the time she left the program, she was channeling this higher spiritual information through for her clients, which was quite remarkable. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. I love that. So you're really spreading this light and love and this information, this healing throughout the world. And I, I just think that's, it's remarkable. I'm so glad that I found out about you. Um, do you have any great stories you can share? Some interesting uh, stories from your book? Yeah, so let me think of, well, okay, I'll share one that I think is kind of interesting. And I mean, there's the stories. Let me just say one thing. The book is broken down into five sections. And it's broken down into Animal Companion as Partner, healer guide um catalyst catalyst bridge um it's so funny i'm having a, i'm drawing a blank which is really bizarre yeah i missed one partner teacher i missed teacher and that's what threw me off partner teacher guide healer catalyst and bridge it's broken into six sections and so each section sort of is designed to show how, like, how are animal companions of all sorts. It doesn't focus on dogs and horses just. It's about all kinds of different animals. And um, so the, there'll be very varied stories and situations in the book. But one that comes to mind that might be interesting to people is, you know, I believe that the animals are the keepers of our soul's divine blueprint. Or the highest, you know, manifestation of our soul here on this physical plane. So the highest, so that help. So I believe they have access to the blueprint that really allows us to be the best selves that we can be. You know, which is and it's very different for each of us because we're all so much like snowflakes. You know, we come in, we come in very differently. None of us are the same when we come in. And then we have all of these different, you know, environments, educations, um, upbringings, you know, belief systems and all of this stuff. And it's society, the part of society that we are in. So we all change so much in, in like no one's experience is the same in this life. So we come in, in very different and then we have very different experiences. So we're also so varied and um, I had a client and I write about her in this book. Uh, I changed the name in, in some of the stories and in her case I did, but she had, she, she was unfulfilled. She was at a place in her life where she was working, you know, for somebody else. She was a single, she had her bunny. Um, and in the book, it's Lulu Bell. And she was, she wanted to, she wanted to do something different. And she started having sessions through me. And it is a true story. She started having sessions through me to connect in um, further with the rabbit and see what guidance the rabbit had for her. And the rabbit really encouraged her to make a fairly drastic move, um, you know, and to leave her paid employment and branch out on her own and open up a gift shop. And, you know, she had, she wanted a different kind of lifestyle and the rabbit was very in tune with the kind of lifestyle she wanted and really guided her. And she did make that shift and move to that, you know, new place and get, you know, get her store, her gift shop. And, um, you know, the rabbit came to work with her every day and was, you know, in the store and got to know everybody. And I mean, her life was completely transformed. And she could have just kept going along with the status quo, but she wasn't happy or fulfilled. So she was able to get guidance and she would, she would call often and, you know, 
have me tune in and see if, you know, what, what was next or certain decisions coming along and what, you know, what she should do about them and what her, her rabbit thoughts. And the rabbit was very cooperative and very much, um, you know, allowed her to move into the high, the, the next highest vision of herself and what she was here to do. That's not to say she might not have moved into something else later on, you know, cause we do, we morph and change and grow all the time. But so that was, that is one that I think is, you know, rather surprising. Right. Uh, who would think that your, you know, I hesitate to say pet, but your mm-hmm. companion yeah. animal rabbit would be your guide. Yeah. I mean, there's, and you know, I've had so many people over the years who have, um, made a made a, um, a a decision to connect with their animals once they've crossed over. You know, I I had one client for many many years who would all you know maybe have three sessions or four sessions a year, always to tune in with the spirit of his dog that had crossed over, and to just to see what guidance. You know, it's like having a reading, but it would be coming from the soul. We'd bring that that being forth and and connect that way and it was like and I mean this guy was high end in high end business I won't say his business just because it's a kind of a rare business so I don't want to give give his name away he's not in the book but but you know there's I've had I've had so many you know so many different scenarios I've had veterinarians one one veterinarian they had show dogs and one of their dogs was having an issue in the ring Mm. about being scared or something I can't remember exactly what it was now because it's a while back but he told his wife to call me and have a session with me and you know he was a real mainstream vet but he had heard about me through people and they had they've had um they had a session with me I've had many people who have either racehorses or show dogs who really love them to bits they weren't just thinking of them as money-making commodities or anything like that and I've had them, um, you know, a horse that in training always, always ran fast enough to win any race, like ran faster than all the horses. But at the race, all that race day hoopla and stuff really got him. He used up all his energy right in the starting gate before even they even opened it. And, you know, after after talking to him and giving them some exercises and even some instructions from the horse for the jockey, he won the race by, by two and a half lengths, you know, and he was, so he was able to run to his full potential. You know, they knew he could run that fast because he did every day. He just didn't do it on a regular basis. So that kind of thing or dogs winning their championship. Sometimes they need a few more points and there's some issues with them. Um, so all that kind of stuff has been very um, regular. <laughs> you know, throughout, throughout time. And, you know, it's, it's kind of neat to see. Oh, I think that's wonderful. You know, from the work that I do with animals, um, humans often say, what do they want? What do they want me to know? What do they want me to know? So what do you find that the animals just want you to know? You know, they want us to kind of relax and chill out a little bit more. (laughs) That's one of the things they really want us to connect in with like just with peace and love and surrender and, and try to be a little bit more like them, be grounded, you know, um, just kind of live in the present moment is one of the biggest, because as humans, we're half the, half of half the human race is either in the past or worrying about the future. You know, it's like come into the now kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, and really to, I, I believe to really understand the, the huge thing that I find is that to understand that the love that we share with any being on this physical plane does not end with the ending of the physical. Right. We, 
still can connect with those beings. It's, you know, so many times when people's animals have crossed over, they'll say, does, I miss her so much. Does she miss me? And I'm like, she doesn't miss you because she's still with you. You know what I mean? And you will be able to be with her. It's in a different way than when they're on the physical plane, but you will be able to have that connection if you want it enough and allow yourself and give yourself the time and space to do it. But you know, so there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of messages there, but they're all about kind of relaxing into who we are as spiritual beings and being present. Right. And listening, listening is like the big one. (laughs) Listening is the big one. And so what do you wish that humans would listen to about their pets? You know, I I wish they would just take a breath and spend some time with them and really connect with them on a spiritual level and and just, you know, see what it is they have to share. Each one is different, you know, and and no matter what, you know, just you know, being more connected to them, connecting at a level that most humans aren't, you know, thinking about or aware of or giving themselves the time, but giving themselves the time to just do that and connect. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's beautiful. We can all be more present, certainly, and be more present with our animals. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just... I was looking at your website a bit earlier, which is um, lynnmckenzie.com. You've got a lot of information out there. You've got, of course, you know, your email list, uh, all of the different programs, animal communication and healing, psychic development, development, clairvoyance mastery, a chakra program. You do so much more than just animal communication, although animal communication is huge but so much training this is wonderful Uh, yeah i even have more like home study courses under the shop tab there's a bunch there on afterlife and crystal healing and and that kind of thing oh my goodness a blog everything and um so much going on and you've been certainly been doing this for such a long time so um, your book has just launched, hasn't it? Yes, came out on May 8th, so just, you know, a month ago. Just a month ago, and so I'm sure you're very busy promoting the book. What all are you working on in promoting the book? Well, I've been doing a lot of interviews. I do a lot. I've been writing um, posts for other, for blogs, you know, Aspire Magazine, different places like that. Um I've been doing, I have a, I have a Facebook page, which is actually Animal Alchemy. And I put a lot on there. I have a lot, a lot of followers there. I have a lot of followers everywhere because I've been doing this for so long. And I'm, I'm, I'm so, so interested in getting the word out there to everybody about this. Um, so, you know, everything I can do, I was, you know, I would have gone on a book tour, but with the whole COVID situation and even borders, you know, I'm from Canada, even though I live in the U S but the borders not like freely open right now. I thought I detected a Canadian accent. Yeah. This isn't an Arizona accent. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't know what that is though, because people here are from everywhere, but um, but yeah, so, I mean, I would have gone on a book tour. I, there was just uh, something called the International New Age Trade Show. And instead of going live to speak there, I gave my publisher a video and they, you know, put the video there for people to see because it was going to be much more scaled down than normal. Right, right. You know? You're with Llewellyn, which is one of the main publishers of New Age um, yes. information, new age books and, and materials. That's wonderful. I want to congratulate you on your, your book. I think that's wonderful. Um, Thank you. I have, I have the, um, yes, over here. I love the cover. I was happy with how it came out. <laughs> you got all of the, you got the horses and birds and dogs, dogs in yeah. there. 
Yeah, it was. It, it came out really quite quite nice. I think they did a fabulous job of the cover and art and everything. Yeah, Llewellyn does a wonderful job of publishing and promoting and just drawing the right people with the right uh, artists and producers of books and materials. Just top notch. I'm already on the. I already have. I am. I may be writing another book. I mean, they're interested in it, and I just. I, I kind of needed a little bit of time before I committed to that because I've got I've got a full time job with lots of people working for me as it is you know in my other business you know so it's I'll probably do it but <laughs> but I'm giving myself a little bit of time off. Good for you. I yeah writing off writing right. <laughs> uh, writing a book is a major major undertaking. You know what? I had no idea. Like if I, I knew it was a lot of work, but if I had a guest for my first book, it was probably about 20 times what I thought it would be. But that's because of thing. like some of that was lear- a learning process for myself too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would think the chapter was done and then it would change like 20 more times, you know. I'd have I have like final final one final two final 25 (laughs) each chapter in my computer it's like things just kept morphing and morphing and you know a book is kind of like a living entity like it is you know even though you have a book proposal and you have an entire plan of how it's going to be and you know what stories are going where threads start to flow through the book and different things happen like I I ended up adding a whole new chapter like a whole second chapter uh, sorry fourth chapter each section has three chapters right and before in the at the very end I realized there's got to be another chapter here and and um it was it's my favorite chapter it's called a winged ambassador and it's it's about the red-tailed hawk and it's about the this thread that runs through the whole book and it it's really it's the perfect you know final chapter in the book but I didn't even have that planned and I was happy the publisher let me put it in because you know when you give them a book proposal I think they're kind of want you to stick to it as much as possible <laughs> they were they were open-minded it, it, it made the book in my opinion well I think they also you know ask you to do some revisions and say yes I need something else here so I think they understand yeah that a book is a living breathing evolving type of thing you know when I used to teach college English I would tell my students that well you're turning in the paper now it's only it's only done because you're turning it in it'll never be done you'll Right. Pull it out and you'll realize that, oh, this is all crap. I need to rewrite <laughs> this or that. But it's only done because you're turning it in. Yeah, you can change. You can cha- like I could pro- I've already read. I reread my book when it came just because my, my mother, who's 91, who listened to lots of my stories. She's like, are you going to read it? You should read it. And I said, I've read it like 5,000 times. I probably could recite it off my heart, you know. And, and then I thought, you know what? I should read it in book form. And I read it. And I was like, I could. I, w- I wish I had changed that. I wish I changed, you know. And I mean, people are reading it going, oh, we love it. It's perfect. Whatever, you know. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh, I, I would have wrote and read that differently now. But, you know. Thinking, yeah, why, why read it? You'll just go back and say, oh, my gosh, this needs to be redone. But we're, but we evolve. Like I'm a different person now than I was 12 months ago, you know, and every, we're, we're constantly changing and evolving ourselves as, you know, so I, I'm happy. I'm very happy with how it came out, even despite the fact that I might have changed a few things that could go on forever. It could go on forever. Tweaking. And that's a sickness in itself. <laughs> <laughs> well, then that's how you have the second edition and the third edition and the fourth edition. Yeah. And you are working on it, another book, probably to come out after a while. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't given a date yet, but I am, um, I have probably four or five books. I have at least five books in me, whether I get them all out in the remainder of my life. You know, I, I've developed so many programs over the years and, and audio things. And I did video and all that. And I really put my focus into developing my programs because it's a lot more lucrative, number one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a book, there's a book is very time consuming and 
it's an expensive undertaking to go through, even if, you know, even if your publisher's paying for it, the amount of time and effort and work you have to put into it. But I really, um, I really feel like it's time for me to start getting my books out because not everyone's going to, my books will, you know, live forever. My, my, my programs, well, they're on my, you know, they're in my, in my sort of um, website and in my business, but that won't be going on for the rest of my life, I don't think, or, you know, certainly won't be going on after my life. (laughs) (laughs) Right, because you've got a lot of teaching and training going on at lynnmckenzie.com. Well, Lynn, is there anything that you feel like we haven't touched on? Anything that you think is important to mention? Um, The only thing I'd like to say is that I do have a free training at lynnmckenzie.com. If if you look at the tabs across the top, over on the far right-hand side, there's a pink pink tab. It's the only one that's pink, and it says free training. And um, there is a free training there. It's a beautifully designed ebook and um, also an invitation to a free 90-minute webinar. So I just wanted to let people know about that if they want to, um, you know, if they're interested in this and want to get a taste of what it's all about. And um, I really hope that, like, my book is designed in such a way that Um, Even if you're not wanting to be an animal intuitive yourself, even if you're not, um, even if you're not wanting to be an animal healer yourself, um, really the book is designed so that it should be a really interesting and awakening read for you either, either way. It's not just designed specifically for that person. There are exercises you can follow in it at the end of each chapter, but you know, you don't have to. So it's, it's, it's like heartwarming stories. A lot of people said they laughed and they cried and they felt like just awakened by, by, um, by reading it. So it's not, you don't have to be that person, but it's also really good for those people too. Right. Absolutely. I think we all like to hear stories of connecting with animals and how other people perceive that and even stories of animals after death and how you know they they go on and I think this one yeah anybody who's ever loved an animal or currently loves animals um will really um benefit by reading this book and 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 be awakened and opened to things that they probably hadn't thought of before right I think so too all right. And the book is the title of the book again. Bark. Bark. Oh, yeah. You go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's Bark Name Now Awaken to the Transformative Wisdom of Your Companion Animal to Activate Your Soul's Highest Calling. Right. Right. Absolutely. And we truly do awaken to all of that. It's a beautiful book. And It's been wonderful speaking with you today, Lynn. I really appreciate your time. Yes, it's been wonderful speaking to you, uh, with you, Christy. And thanks so much for taking the time to, um, to talk about my book on your podcast. I'm so excited. Thank you. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area, dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey. 
and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.